Hey guys, this is Nirmal Hansari and welcome to the Curiosec podcast. In this episode, I speak to Tanmay Kothari, who is essentially an independent professional in the field of visual arts. He's a freelance photographer, he makes films, he does a bunch of these creative things as a part of his professional life. We had a really interesting conversation and Tanmay had a lot of things to share. For example, his decision to shift from corporate law to photography and why he loves to be a contrarian and follow the unconventional. I shall not keep you waiting any longer. Let's just get started with the show. Hey Tanmay, welcome to the Curiosec podcast. After rescheduling and scheduling, I'm really excited that you're here. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Hey man, I'm equally equally excited to be here. Uh, this was such a surprise. Uh, it's only after I heard Aditya and uh, uh, Vyoma uh, on your website that I realized that uh, oh, there's cool stuff happening back in law school. It's just very exciting. So okay, we'll start with the basics, all right? I just want to know what you currently do right now, and then we'll sort of backtrack through the course of the interview. Of course, of course. So uh, I am into commercial photography. uh and uh filmmaking uh specifically uh cinematography is what i do uh that's the hope sort of to crack the market uh but i'm still even like i've been doing this for almost uh 3 and a half 4 years now 2013 uh, between 2013 14 is when i was transitioning from corporate law to uh creative visual arts and uh, yeah since it's been going on <laughs> all right so what how, how did you come about your interest in photography was it something to do in chi- your childhood or was there any other instance which led you to develop such an interest yes actually there was there and there was a very clear progression actually with photography uh but much before i fell in love with photography uh i always was sort of in love with colors and design and visual arts is what i've been able to sum it up to so far uh the interest doesn't go further than visual arts but yeah storytelling and visual arts is something that i find i've always found very very intriguing uh whether it's me doing it or somebody else doing it and i am their customer as in i'm engaged i'm i'm listening to the story uh it's if it's a good narrative whether it's visual or uh in an audio form is just or even if it's written it's just extremely compelling for me of all the three modes i feel visual is most compelling uh and uh, yeah i mean i guess it's a factor of how where you grow for example i grew up in the city of udaipur in rajasthan it is a it is a beautiful city it is known uh, to be one of the top 5 tourist destinations in the country and it really is a genuinely even for people who live there it is a beautiful city so seeing the sunsets and sunrises there uh you have a really dis- you know the way you just think of the world and nature and everything else is just amazing there are so many national parks around uh then law school even law school was even though it's a very arid zone it was in such a starkly beautiful place uh the sunsets there the train tracks in front of our uh, this thing uh, in in front of our college the rocky formations behind it it is so unique it's very uncommon to you know most people who live around the country right so it is that that arid contrasty beauty in where you live uh all of it sort of contributed and that is why the whole interest towards visual arts and uh, what happened after that so you studied through school etc did you did you do any offbeat photography work in school so i'm going to i'm going to again have to go back to non photography stuff in school i was always like we always had option to either pick uh music or art more seriously a uh, music or art as in you know sketching and drawing and you know color color arts visual arts uh, more seriously and i always took to that naturally and uh uh i did okay as well uh, um and the art teachers were always um, you know impressed and took special interest and in school is simple right you're like you're like 40 children in a class you know anybody who takes an extra interest in a extra curricular class the teacher gives you extra attention and wherever you get extra attention you tend to 
pull yourself a little more and more. But I, I always found myself attracted towards colors and sort of creative visual arts more and more and more. Uh, and as a result, my mom uh, happened to give me uh, a really tiny uh, film camera okay. as a birthday gift. Oh. Uh, it was a very tiny Kodak camera. Uh, the film, uh, I, I can't remember the size of the film, but it was the smallest film I'd ever seen in my life. Smaller than most Kodak cameras had. Uh, and I used to get them developed in, there's a very specific place where you, they, only only one shop in the whole town that would develop it. So that's essentially where it started. And those were days when, that camera didn't even have flash. So those were days when, you know, you could, you had to count every image you'd click. Uh, and even in that time, I was very, very frivolous with film. I'd waste so much film and my mother's going to be like, sweetheart, why do you like, that? your photos are so cluttered. There's so much, there's so much, you know, disturbance in it. But when they get printed, you know, we look at them carefully. Uh, my mother would always see art in the way I saw. So my mom always had a big role in, you know, uh, me developing the sort of uh, aesthetic that I have. Uh, but that's essentially where the journey started. I always graduated to slightly better camera and a slightly better camera. Uh, but then there was like a lull in between. Uh, when parents thought you should get serious about stuff and you you must do a proper degree and thus law, uh, I so I actually uh, I actually applied to uh, I, I actually applied for law school and uh, uh, NID the National Institute of Design in Ahmedabad uh, together. Uh, first year I got through law school, uh, but I didn't get through NID, and I decided to uh, drop a year. And go back uh, to trying to get into NID. And I didn't get through again. In the second year, again, I got through law school. So the parents, my parents said, look, you wanted, you, you tried wherever you wanted. And we wanted you to go to a good institution, not just any random institution. And clearly law school is a better option in law than, you, than an average, you know, design school somewhere else. So, you know, why don't you try this? And that's how law school started. So that... Almost, you know, that 10th where it is bored and everything is really important to the end of college was the phase when I was sort of cut off from visual arts in the sense that I wasn't performing any. Uh, we, we would doodle in class and this and that and I would probably click a few camera, uh, cl click a few pictures with my uh, new digicam and stuff like that. But I never, I wasn't really pursuing it like an art at the time. But then when I came to Bombay and I met my wife and things sort of changed from there. We, I'll rant a little more when we come to that. Okay, so how is your law school experience like considering you weren't really willing to go there? So what do you think about NLUJ? Dude, it was extraordinary. Uh, not in the conventional sense. Uh, like, I wasn't happy to be studying law. I wasn't... Uh, Happy to actually even be in Jodhpur because Jodhpur was my last option. I really wanted to get out of the state. I wanted to go to Pune or Bombay and a place where, you know, there was vibrant nightlife and so many things to do and movies everywhere. And, you know, I've always, I've been a huge movie buff ever since. Like, I, 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 I would watch every single movie there was. And cinematography always had a big role. And, you know, beautiful movies would just keep me in theater. Then I'd get out of theater and get back into the theater. Even from when I was a little kid, uh, I, I had no... I had no problems with going to movie theaters by myself if nobody was going to go with me and just watch movies non-stop. The whole, there was something about it, right? So that was partly the reason why I really wanted to go to Bombay where, you know, there are so many English movies playing and so many kinds of movies playing and so many languages. It's just amazing. And But as fate had it, I got through an LU Jodhpur. So I was actually very disappointed to come to Jodhpur. Uh, but Jodhpur specifically law school, took me by complete surprise. Oh, by the way, a fun fact. I should tell you this. Uh, I was born in Jodhpur. My uh, mom and dad were posted in Jodhpur. Uh, and uh, we were stationed very close to the, uh, to the uh, aerodrome, uh, the, the current airport. Uh, and, uh, but, but, then, but then we moved out of there very quickly and I'd never been to Jodhpur ever since. So I didn't really have any connection with Jodhpur. My mom also told me about the fact much later. Uh, but so I came to law school and uh, 
I don't think it took more than a day for me to meet the friends I met in law school. Uh, and it was just an instant click, yaar. I don't know what happened. It's just... I wish this college and this group were studying something else. I wish this was a design school. Because I felt like... I felt like the law school and friends was a perfect fit. Uh, just I was in the wrong course. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> did you ever consider quitting? I mean, like... I mean, no, I never did. I never did. A course once again, like trying a professional photography course or something like that. No, not at all, actually. So the whole... The photography dream didn't even start... Uh, m- much after college uh back in law school i was still just happy to be part of whatever i was doing and i was with people of my own age i was learning tremendously i had great friends uh with whom uh we were doing new stuff every day these were guys from across the country so many new things to see so many movies to watch dude this was the first time i pulled out my hard drive out of my cpu took it to my friend aditya nag and <laughs> there was this there was this culture of free distribution of content, which was just unheard of before I reached law school. And we had a land where people would just open up their hard drives and put it on a network and just take whatever you want. And, you know, we'd compile 200, top 250 of IMDb on our own hard drive and just watch a movie every day. So this was such a cultural change for me. Uh, the lifestyle that I wanted to live, sort of lived at home to whatever extent I could afford it, was now completely available in law school so that those kind of friends that kind of taste this kind of exposure totally immersed me so my education in law school really was getting mixed with this culture of the entire country rather than law so i would get by i had friends you study a little bit you get by these courses are not very tough to do and you know if you are a little methodical and systematic about things which you learn over a over a period of few semesters you realize that it's not that difficult to crack. So law school, I got by somehow. I wasn't a brilliant student, but I was I wasn't a dumb fuck either. And though though the results wouldn't say that, but <laughs> but but you know what I mean, right? You've been yeah, part yeah. of the law, college school, and we we've all wasted our lives doing this, and I was just happy wasting away my life because I I was soaking up like a sponge, uh, new things that I saw, new people that I met, crazy things that we did. It was just it was such a cultural thrill for me. That not even for a fraction of a second did I ever think that law school was a mistake or that I should change. Uh, and funnily enough, it was not because I was having a, a buttload of fun studying law. It was because I was just so happy being with so many people, learning so many new things. It was just the whole exposure was amazing. That's really nice to hear. So what did you do like towards your fourth year, fifth year? I don't know. Uh, what were you planning to do after law school? Did you still want to pursue visual arts at that point of time? Or were you seriously considering, you know, that job and all of that pressure that's there? So I sort of was convinced that uh, traditional career in law was not going to be for me. Uh, however, during law school, I sort of also realized that maybe my gift of gab is a little better than what I think it is. Maybe I can talk my way out of things, talk to people, convince them over things. I mean, I was just, I was growing myself and learning that, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I have a few advantages in my life that, you know, th- that make me stand out uh, more than others, right? And then obviously we were doing internships. And I must tell you, from first year onwards, every internship I've been to, something or the other stood out, some, some of the other trait of my own stood out and I was appreciated for it. And I was not used to this. At home, you're not appreciated that much for pretty much everything, right? People are sympathetic. People want you to learn. But you're not appreciated. A third person appreciating something of yours saying, oh, you do this very well. We really like your contribution towards this. A formal approval by somebody else doing that is amazing, right? So every year, the internships built my confidence more and more. Uh, and, And that sort of made me believe that you know, I could do something. If if not, you know, a legal career in the traditional sense, there could be something that I could pursue. And uh, I mean, if so we pursued all our internships very, very seriously. Uh, in the very last year, uh, end of uh, end of fourth semester, uh, sorry, end of uh, uh, ninth, uh, end of ninth semester, 
I was sort of, uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue an internship and I was like, let me just have fun. Now college is going to finish, then we're going to get into the whole job business. I just wanted to have fun. But it just so happened that my friend uh, Radhika Gagar, who was the first batch, who, who was from the first batch of law school, and she was a really, really good friend, in, uh, a, a friend of mine in law school as well. She had come to Amarshan and I generally spoke to her. She, she asked me, what are you doing? Are you planning to do something, this and that? And I said, I'm planning to just bunk this year. I'm just not going to do an internship. She said, that is bullshit. That's nonsense. You send me your application and you come to, don't work anywhere, but just come to Bombay. We'll meet people, we'll do things, but don't waste away your year back, back at home. So that sort of made me convinced that, okay, maybe I should actually pursue it a little more. Uh, so I spoke to a few people and I, I kind of got lucky. Uh, one of the people I had worked with in uh, law firms before uh, called me up saying, oh, she's getting married and she's working with this company called Pangea 3 these days and it's a startup and they're sort of into this new legal process outsourcing business. And I'm like, what is this? I don't know what it is. We spoke about it. She told me everything about it. Then she told me there's an NLS guy whose name is Anthony Alex, who is the vice president and sort of running the whole game there. And I heard NLS in my eyes. I said, oh, okay, interesting. I thought, you know, I thought LPOs had like boring people doing boring jobs. So first I didn't know what LPO was. When she told me what LPO was, I thought, okay, that doesn't seem like a place I want to really go to and do things. But then she said, no, I insist you worked. We were in Mullah together. So she said, uh, her name is uh, Usha. So now she insisted that I... She said, are you still open for an internship? I said, yes, I am. She said, I just come. Just come. I'm going to talk to Anthony. I'm going to send you a CV. You just come. So I was like, okay, this seems to be happening on its own. And it's in Bombay. So I was very happy. So I basically took the internship there. And I think from the first or second day, I just knew it would be so much fun to work here. Because it was a company which was full of people who were just out of college or in their final year of law school. Uh doing this nice stuff and they were just happy to be together and the culture was really casual and every little effort that you put in was always, always appreciated. And it was run by these two fantastic guys, uh, uh, Sanjay and David, uh, both of them very good lawyers from uh, from the US. It, the whole environment was so charged up and it felt so non-conventional by legal standards. You know, I've worked in law firms before and I also worked in companies before. I'd worked with NGOs before. All of them seem very dull, at least to me, right? That's a very personal opinion. Uh, but this seemed like a very fascinating and, you know, very fast-paced, exciting, newly growing sector to work in. So I was like, fuck this, uh, let me do this. So I gave it, I gave it my all. And by, by giving it my all, uh, my all, I simply mean that I worked as hard as I could at whatever little work was given to me. I, I tried to be as organized as I could and make other people's life as easy as I can and take up as much work and try to finish it you know it's just it's just like you know okay your job is to your job is to distribute mail you know and that's your limited amount of job not that that was my job but i'm just giving you an example if your job is to uh, you know distribute mail if you do it better than anybody else has done it before you will stand out right and then maybe somebody will give you a little bit of opportunity and then you just go ahead from there so there were little things that stood out people really liked my work i gelled in just fine and uh, i got a placement offer when I was leaving Panja at the end of fifth year, which was completely unexpected. I had never even thought of that. But the fact that it was such a, uh, it just, it felt so natural. Uh, and, and, and it felt like you making a difference and, you know, people there appreciated your work. Sort of natural progression went towards that. So then I had to, didn't have to think too much about whether I'm going to go for visual arts or not and this and that. Uh, so Panja 3 was just a, natural sort of progression for me. So after law school was Panjatri. It was only after Panjatri, it was almost six years I worked in Panjatri and had a great time, I had a ball in Panjatri. Uh, but then all good things come to an end. Panjatri was taken over by Thomson Reuters and change of management meant things were going to become a little more conventional. And that sort of didn't work for a lot of people. My boss, Anthony Alex, a lot of people just left because... These are people who worked, but so so uh, that was my break from law. From there, uh, a year and a half, I tried working with a. I, I worked with a startup. We were trying to set up a new business, but uh, business constraints in the country and the way law is treated and the way lawyers are treated and and the fact that lawyers are nearly the work that lawyers do is nearly not insurable at all. 
sort of uh, ended that that business dream. So then we parted ways, and then I was just free to do whatever I wanted to do. So my wife, who's also a lawyer from GLC, uh, she 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 gifted a camera to me a year before my first DSLR, uh, and that. I was very particular about what kind of camera I wanted and I was more particular about the kind of lens I wanted. Uh, and she went to great lengths. Uh, she, she sold her shares and uh, took a little credit from her father and, uh, you know, she went to that lens to get me that camera. And I got this amazing camera on one of my birthdays. And this was almost a year before I quit Panja 3. And I sort of, then I had such a good instrument that I actually pour all my... Uh, instinct and all my creativity into the camera and then I started traveling carrying my camera everywhere uh, I went for uh, uh, whenever I went to client sites in the US and whatnot I would take that camera with me and we'd go for holidays I'd still ca carry a camera with me to the extent that you know all my clients whom I'd met out of work wherever else in US or anywhere else thought I came attached with the camera uh, and and that was the point where Sort of camera started becoming an extension of me. I started realizing that uh, it it is by now there was no recognition. It was just I found tremendous satisfaction in just going ahead and capturing photos. Uh, and at that time, I was hardly editing anything. I was even shooting JPEGs. I wasn't even going into you know raw shooting and anything of that sort. I was just shooting JPEGs. Uh, and I would tinker a little every day, and you know that whole tinkering and that result satisfaction just sort of started becoming very, very, very charming. And in this process, as I told you, so Panja 3 stint ended. From there, uh, my uh, stint with my startup ended. And then my wife told me that, look, dude, why you've always wanted to pursue sort of something else, something new and creative. And if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? This seems like the perfect break for you. Uh, and despite my misgivings, my wife insisted and uh, it was sort of because it was sort of because of her support that I had the balls to actually go out and say, okay, the next two years I'm gonna just go in a limbo, try and get into an industry where I have no education, I have no formal education, understanding. I don't even know how it works. There is no platform that has launched me into it, and I just went for it. I I went ahead, sent my photos everywhere else. I started getting in touch with people who've done these things before. Um, I, had a, I had a cousin uh, who, who's, a, who's a great photographer and now a filmmaker himself. Uh, I tried to get coaching from him as much as I could. Uh, and all of that helped. And I, I must tell you, uh, it's not just my wife and not just my family, but all my friends from law school. Uh, and I made dear, dear, if, if nothing else, law school gave me great, great friends for life. Like I don't have that dear friends from back, back in school as much as I do from law school. Uh, and all my friends were just amazingly supportive and uh, it is due to their support that I sustained for two years and three years making, you know, hardly any money any year, right? And that's sort of, and then once you are on that path and you just continue, it sort of starts building on its own and it just, you get to a place where, you know, you're just happy to be and grateful to everybody. Were, were there times in this initial period where, I mean, you were scared that you wouldn't be able to make it? I'm still scared. I'm still scared as shit. Because uh, when you're doing your own work, right, it, whenever you have a good client and you have something good going on, there's always that fear that you can't just bank on this. Um, and what happens if this isn't there? Like, you know, even in law firms or even in startups, once you have a big client, you're very happy that you're a big client and that sort of, you know, you get that feeling that, yeah, things are working out now. But then at the same time, the fear that, what the fuck will happen if they're not there, right? Uh, so that fear still comes into play. But I feel that that fear, I think, works in favor uh, of me becoming better, Uh I've met a lot of people and, and when, I say, when I say, you know, people around me are helpful, they really are. A lot of people have tried to take me under their wing, help me out with things. But what I realize with time is, uh, 
I I think this path is mine and mine alone to sort of find. And even if I do join somebody and start working with them, eventually it comes to a point where I feel like okay, that satisfaction that I felt I'm gonna draw out of it is sort of draining away now. Uh, and maybe I'm just better taking the harder way out and doing it by myself. Uh, and and that's that fear of not being able to make it, and then uh, doing your creative best uh, to get out of that situation, and the result being successful is a constant is a constant fuel and i think i think that's what works for me <laughs> every day feel like you might fail and then uh, you know just if, if it turns out great so i do remind myself a lot of times i'm i'm doing my own work right if it doesn't if it doesn't work i'll do, i'll do better work the next day you know it, it doesn't work the same way with when you're working with organizations you know if you make a mistake it doesn't go away it sort of is there forever but you're working independently then the world's your oyster and if not this client you'll work with some other client uh, and that faith that if you could get one client you can get more clients if you could do good work once and there's somebody who likes your work then there'll be more people who like your work not everybody will uh, always like your work not everybody will like you as a lawyer not everybody will like you as any professional you know uh, but if you can find one i'm sure we can find more and that confidence lets you just go right So you lived in Bombay for quite some time now and I wanted to know whether during the initial years you ever felt the need to have a formal education in visual arts considering that you didn't have it before and uh, did you ever want to study this formally after you made the shift from corporate to photography and cinematography or did you straight away learn everything while working in the industry itself yeah. so, so funny funnily enough you know uh like i told you earlier uh when i was applying for law school right out of uh, right out of school after my 12th uh i was very keen to get into design school uh but then i just didn't get through i wasn't creative the way i was supposed to i wasn't the raw material that law that design school was looking for uh and when i uh, when i made that change uh, of track in my career um, i happened to be in touch with a lot of people who were making a similar move in that careers and there and i always got this very very strong opinion from people which i sort of still am quite a bit convinced with that uh, in in a creative field especially in film industry and photography with the amount of content that is there online now and the, with, with the amount of knowledge out there uh and with the amount of people able to willing to help you uh you would learn way more on the job in 3 years or 5 years than you would in a film school now there are equal number of opinions that counter that uh and and i am sort of sometimes reminded that okay maybe if i went for this in a structured way and went for an education uh it would have helped me more it would give me a platform it would give me pedigree and see coming from law school especially nlu one of the you know one of the national law schools you sort of get spoiled uh, being treated as pedigree in most places right and what i try to do now was the exact opposite nobody gives a shit about you if you're not from the uh, uh, film and television institute in pune if you're not from a great uh, uh, institute from the us they don't give a damn about you unless they are personally involved in it you have to break in the way an average person does right so it was very unconventional for me so there are still times when i feel like maybe i should go to film school maybe i should go to film school but still again i'm convinced that you know even with even with law i think i learned more on job than i learned in law school i am not saying the law school was not important in my life i think i'd be i i'd be half the person i was not in law school today right but traditional way of learning was not my way of learning right that much was clear to me so i'm happy to go to an institute to make a, to 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 get into a network and be you know be 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 pedigree in the industry but i know i'm not going to learn there the way i want to how being on job makes me learn so i it, when i made the switch i was absolutely sure that i did not want a formal education in this also and while away another 3 4 or 5 years into this i just want to get into getting the job done plus i wasn't even sure if i'd be any any good if people would pay me to do this shit 
right? But it happened. And once you start earning money, then you realize that mm, I'm not gonna not earn money for two years. Let me just go ahead with it. Maybe someday I, uh, if I make a lot of money, maybe I would go for a good course in a great university and try and learn something. But so far, I'm pretty convinced that on the job is the way for me. But that's that's just me. A lot of people went through law school, and they learned through all five years, not like me on job. So everybody takes away their own way, and this was mine. What was the first, let's say, successful project that you worked on? Like, when did that happen? So, uh, the definition of success for me sort of works in a very different way. Uh, my first client work and their appreciation could be classified as uh, my first successful project. But I feel like if I've created an artwork and if I find enough number of people who appreciate it the same way as I do, from the same eye that I do, which started right at law school, by the way, I felt I was successful. Uh, uh, so friends in law school, like for example, Radhika, whom I just talked about, uh, there's a dear friend uh, called Prerna. Uh, who, who who had a great eye and she saw my work and some of it, you know, she really encouraged and she really liked as well. Like she went around and said, you know, why don't you just sell this to me forever? Like, you know, this is, you're going to sell this one. Stuff like that. Somebody coming to you when you have no intent of actually becoming professional. Somebody comes to you and says, you know, this is just amazing. My, you know, I, I want a print of this. You will sell this to me whenever you decide to sell it. Uh, that really builds your confidence. That I would call my first successful project. But to answer your question in a very direct way i think my first successful paid project independent work was i think uh, when i um, did a small um, interior shoot for uh, nike india uh, and i i went in there thinking i know nothing uh, the projects that i've done so far are very small and i don't even know what they want and i don't even know what i can create as something they'll be happy with but the one thing I knew was I'll give it my best. Uh, it just uh, it just went so <laughs> smoothly and nicely from there. Uh, even when I was on the job, I just knew what I'm getting. The results that I'm getting right now are going to be nice. And when I sat down on the editing table, it got even better. Right. So it was constantly like there was constant validation. When I did the work, I felt like, oh, yeah, this is happening. Uh, as in when I did the shoot I felt like it was happening when I sat on the editing table I felt like oh yeah yeah this is what I want this is the result we intend and I think I don't know if, if this is what they want or not but I think this is very nice there was constant validation and then it went to the client and the client was extremely happy uh, and very very encouraging I must say at that uh, and that that just totally just that totally tells you that's one person out there in the market who's in mainstream and tells you your work is good enough then it is good. I had done interior projects before. I had other. I had done other projects before. I had done weddings where just just for friends and people had loved that work, right? But it's a very different thing to do free project for people where people like, oh, this is great work and this and that. I don't know. Maybe they are being objective about it. Maybe they're being nice to you, or maybe if they were paying for it, they would not like it so much, right? So that 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 real validation was when you know uh, my first interior photo shoot client came to me uh, so this was architecture and product placement sort of product presentation shoot but it was for a good brand right uh, and these are people who are exposed to the best in the uh, in the country and they like their work and they're still my clients and uh, we work very very often uh, so yeah uh, it started it re the real validation started from there and that's where i was being like okay maybe i can do it professionally uh, what do you take into consideration when you're now picking projects? Like you have your own clientele base. So what do you do? How do you, de how do you decide that this is what you want to work on and that process? Just, just two criteria. Uh, uh, first is uh, if I get along with the people who are my clients. Uh, and and I and I'd read about this uh, in in one of the in one of the photographers' blogs, and I, I can't remember the photographer's name, but I remember this very very distinctly. He said, "Look, when somebody says the world is your oyster, it doesn't mean that every single client is the most important client there is. Some people go that way, but he said I don't go that way, and I could and I, and I started to relate with it right from there. 
what he said was i wouldn't do business with people whom i don't think i would otherwise be friends with if i think i could be friends with these people i will start business with them there may be a few exceptions here and there but primarily i would not engage in business with people whom i temperamentally don't get along with we see the world in a different way we expect different things from people our value system is completely different those kind of people i am at least on a personal level i am not interested in doing business with and i am okay losing their business i am okay sticking to people who are in temperament in nature and in their eye of looking at things the same as i i am now i hadn't worked with clients before until that point but i had met people and met friends and 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 as part of law i i had i had no choice of who to make friends with and who not to do business with right i had to deal with all kinds of people but i could relate that oh yeah people i did get along with i'd love to do business with them i just love to continue doing business with them and and that sort of with the essence of working independently isn't it to be able to choose who you want to work with and not want to work with and uh, yeah that's how does that answer your question yeah yeah that that definitely does so now in this sort of field what sort of uh, like i mean goals we would say like maybe in performance wise or creativity wise what sort of goals do you set for yourself like when you enter maybe getting that first photo or getting that first advertisement or what sort of goals do you set up for yourself and what is your current goal right now what well, my goals always been the same and by the way it hasn't changed from law career to photography i'm a very people oriented person and my goal first is my satisfaction that i've done the job right now sometimes despite putting in all the hard work you still know you haven't done it right it's not what it could be right so my personal satisfaction is number one and the second is that delight in the client's eye and it doesn't have to be the client it could be anybody it could be i could be on the street clicking photos of random people uh, or crazy looking people and if i click a photo of them and i show it to them and if they laugh and if they are happy about it that's it my job's done and i it happens to me a lot with clients as well sometimes i think the clients already know what my weakness is so they'd appreciate me a little more so it sort of becomes a more symbiotic relationship but uh, the appreciation from them is that's it that happens and i'm sold uh, that's my only goal with every project uh, am i satisfied and do i get the signs that they are satisfied and after that i don't really care much about money or anything else because everything just follows here fair enough and you said you delved into like cinematography as well when did when did that happen so you picked up your first dslr and when did you move on to videography as well yeah, yeah so actually there there was a very clear switch um i assisted uh one of my family members uh for a uh for a project for a big client uh, for a vine- we went and we went to a nice vineyard and did a major shoot and i went on as an ad as an assistant director i went on as an assistant director who who knew nothing about being an assistant director i'm just i was just very happy to be on set around expensive cameras uh with a guy who knows what uh, what what direction is and with a cinematographer who's doing something but in that process i got chatting with the cinematographer who was a really 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 nice person uh and is still a friend till date um uh, who had done a lot of production and ad films work and sort of had decided that uh cinematography is my calling and we we talked a lot about things and he's just one of those people whom i feel like you just get along with you know one of those people i if he was my client i'd love to be like you know i'd work love to work with him work for him is that kind of person so obviously his personality influence was a big deal um uh, and 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 the whole sort of the whole idea seemed so logically next step from photography right uh, that you have the eye you have the understanding and now this is just a little more complex and more layered job right and that's when the switch happened so in terms of so that's how sort of organically went but in terms of timelines i think 2000 mid 2013 is when i uh, when i started photography uh, for almost a year and a half i just did photography and didn't even think about cinematography it wasn't even an appealing thing for me uh but sometime during 15 2015 uh 
is when we went on this project and I was fascinated by it, by the people who were doing it and the work that was happening and I, I was like, I really want to delve into it. Like, it's one of those things, you know, photography started as something that I really, really want to fail at. Even Pangea 3, for example. Uh, Pangea 3 started as a project that I was happy to give it my all and still fail at it. The same way photography was something that I was very, very happy to give everything to and still fail at it. And I still would have been a happy man. And cinematography seemed like one of those things that I wouldn't mind if I fail at. I'd still be happy. And once I realized, the same on my marriage, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's just how I think everything in my life goes. Even with friends and relationships, with work, I guess that's my, that's my, uh, that's my yardstick. If I'm willing to give it my all, and happily fail at it and not have no regrets, then I think that's something that I can do for the rest of my life. So yeah, cinematic is sometime in 2015. This happened with cinematography and sort of ever since. Uh, and I and I met amazing people when in the process. You know, this is a completely new set of people that I'm dealing with now. And lawyers are a very different breed, and a very very different people who look at life in a very very different way. And people in the film industry and and visual arts industry look at a life in a completely different way, just that completely different perspectives in life. I still sometimes struggle rationalizing things the way they do, people in industry do, as opposed to, you know, how I'm so used to doing it with lawyers, because all of my friends have been lawyers, all my circle is with lawyers. But uh, it's still a lot of fun, yeah, it's just amazing. And what do you like most? Is this the clear thing that you like? You like cinematography more? I like cinematography a lot for now. But I feel, but but I feel like uh, growth is part of what you do, right? Uh, and 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 I'm sure there'll be a natural progression to something else. Uh, it it might be a little more it'll uh, more complex jobs in cinematography. It may be a withdrawal from cinematography and more complex jobs in photography. Or it may be a completely different aspect of filmmaking. I don't know where my life will take me. Uh, but uh, I will. I, I know for a fact that I will never regret having done having been a photographer a still photographer for the rest of my life uh, nor would i be uh, you know any less happier if i was a cinematographer for all my life doing exactly what i'm doing today uh, and if something new comes up i will never say no to it and i i will want to learn new things and do new things and just uh, yeah i guess <laughs> the future shapes itself i i am a, i'm a big believer in organic growth in life uh, the way I like to I like to take things the way they come uh, and I think I'm very fortunate to have th things come my way the way I want them to do you uh, so like when you're working in this creative field right like you see a lot of similar things happening around you like the same sort of photos similar kind of videos that are taken how do you ever feel that sometimes your work is similar to others are you fine with that do you think there's something lacking there? So that's actually the fact that I'm super critical. So I, one thing, and, and I'm sure a lot of people are like that. And, and that thing is sort of started with me when I was a student uh, in law school and stuck with me is I hate to go with where, with the, where everybody's going. I, 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 I am a contrarian. I've always been a contrarian to the extent that I've been a contrarian for the sake of being a contrarian, uh, even when logic says you should not be. But this, there's this compulsion in me to do things that make uh, my behavior stand out, even if it is the cost of, you know, <laughs> how things would be conveniently. So that sort of logically progresses me into, in my work also. It, it, it works out in my work as well. So the, when I see people doing similar kind of work and sort of templatizing things, whether it's photographs or videos, it really, really makes me delighted because now I have a chance to stand out. I have to, you know, breaking that chain of how everything looks is just enough. You know, I don't, I don't have to, uh, it's sort of, it's sort of an added element that I feel I can make my work stand out. Uh, that, that, that can help me make my work stand out. So no, it doesn't bother me at all that people start doing the same thing because, you know, there are some times that you actually worry that Oh fuck! Uh, you know, the fact that technology makes photography so simple, and there's so many people turning to this field, uh, how am I gonna compete with everybody? But then, as soon as that comes, you realize that oh shit! Uh, you know, the fact that some people get into it because it's convenient, and some people get 
get into it because they have the talent for it or at least they feel they have the talent for it uh, and there is a very clear way to distinguish yourself from others you know just don't do what masses do do your own thing and continue doing it and with time it'll shine it's just and it just sort of it gives you that confidence and it is reassuring to know that people are doing t- things in a stereotypical manner so if you do your quirky way and you keep continue doing it that will be your identity and that makes you very happy and what do you think your identity like what sort of identity you think you've built around your your independent I, practice yeah i think it's too early for me to uh, typecast myself at all uh, i meet a lot of people who 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 tell me okay so you do photography what kind of photography do you do do you do wildlife so i always i always define myself in 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 sort of a in a way like i can tell you what i'm not i can't tell you who i am but i can tell you what i'm not like when people ask me uh, 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 oh are you a wildlife photographer i know i'm not a wildlife photographer i know that is not a career that i want to pursue or have any desires to pursue uh, uh similarly there could be various ways in which people say you know oh are you that kind of photographer this kind of photographer some things i don't know whether like i enjoy weddings a lot i hate being a wedding photographer and that is not a comment on anybody who's doing wedding photography because honestly i think even i am very good at it but the fact that it will it seems to be a very joyful thing right now the fact that it will turn into a commercial project may take the charm out of it right so 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 then clearly i'm not a wedding photographer either i may do some projects i may do some for my friends i may do for do some for acquaintances and maybe in desperate times i might do any uh if it comes to that but so far uh that's not who i am right uh but there, then there are some things that i do well so uh i will not restrict myself to say you know this is my forte uh i can only say this is what i do right now and this is what i'm good at right now but i'm sure there'll be a lot of things that i will be good at if i keep experimenting uh but with some things i'm i'm pretty clear that i'm so basically i'm clear what i'm not i am like with law i was clear i am not uh, i cannot get into a traditional legal career uh, even if i'm good at it it will not keep me it will it, it can't keep me uh i'll have to break out of it and find something else uh, but i'm but i'm happy in this space that i am uh, doing new creative projects working for people who appreciate my work um uh, experimenting and tinkering with technology equipment and new techniques as much as i can and that wherever i get to experiment and do new things i'm very 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 happy so as long as i'm learning and making new things i'm very happy uh, but if you really want to know what kind of work i do maybe you can try my website there's a very very small, like even today i can tell you my website is outdated every month cuz every month every month i'm doing a new project and now from architecture to food uh, uh, to interior photography uh, to portraits to travel every month i'm doing something new so it's very difficult for me to be able to define what kind of a photographer i am at some point i thought i'll call my website experimental photography but maybe even that's restrict maybe even that's restricted i don't know <laughs> so so yeah I, i don't know i don't know if i can answer that question like very honestly but if i have to be honest to myself i only know what i'm not i can't tell you who i am <laughs> yeah yeah that that completely works uh so what's what's your normal day like now like how, how does it work for you what do you normally do like how is a normal day for you in bombay so um the current life in bombay is very chilled out uh i am not fond of waking up early in the morning so i don't <laughs> do that so my typical day usually starts at uh 10 10:30 at the earliest right and coffee is an integral integral part of my life so about half an hour goes into grinding my fresh coffee and making my coffee and after coffee ideas would come of what i want to do today sometimes it would start with chores like i have to invoice clients and there is a quotation that i need to send or proposal i need to send uh you know or there is pending work the editing work that i need to do then my work is cut out for the day but on days where everything else is not cut out you know i'm free uh it starts with coffee then i ideate with myself i'll do a little bit of research on what new i can learn and what new i can do and what is it that i haven't done in life uh, that i must now uh, or maybe i'll speak to my wife and she'll have a lot of ideas about what i can do and then i'll pick one thing uh, pursue it a little bit 
uh, and about two hours I'll grow tired of it and then I'll go back to watching YouTube videos uh, and then but you know e- even if I waste my day uh, it doesn't feel like I'm wasting my day because something something or the other maybe a post somewhere on Instagram or maybe a tweet or maybe uh, maybe even a conversation with a friend or a video on YouTube will inspire me to say oh fuck I didn't think about life like that or I didn't think about it like that and then I'll go back to my computer open up my old project and start working on something. Maybe make a small video, uh, maybe make a new post, maybe just shoot something in a completely different manner. Like for example, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you an example. Very, very, we just moved to Santa Cruz uh, uh, in a new house very recently. And uh, my bedroom, and uh, it's night right now, so I can't show it to you. Maybe I, 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 maybe I can send you a couple of photos. Right out of my, uh, out of my bedroom's balcony, we can see a papaya tree, uh, which is uh, a very geometrically symmetric uh, tree. Uh, papaya trees generally are not very complicated and twisted and turned, right? They're straight up. And I, I, I've always had this real, real charm for this geometric symmetry. I always really, really loved it. And that's sort of also, you know, in photography, it, it shows in my work in photography as well. So I've been fascinated by this tree. Uh, so what I'm doing is I'm doing... I've started doing a time lapse of this uh, papaya tree over the next six months or a year. So every day at around between 12 and 1, when I'm pretty sure I'll be at home, I uh, I click three images at three exposures of that tree. In a, uh, My tripod is set. I just put my camera there and click a few photos. And uh, at the end of six months, I'm going to try and compile them together. Uh, to make this one fast time lapse to see, you know, how the tree that seemingly not grows and seemingly grows papayas, but you know, how those changes. Mm -hmm. So, so I'll take up these weird projects and then sort of work on them. So now my day is broken up into small, small, small projects like these. There's one something or the other that I keep pursuing and I don't even realize when my day goes by or when I'm at home. I just don't even realize it. But it's really fun, you know, doing something new, new personal projects and pet projects. It's just so... Fascinating to do, yeah. And working like this gives me the chance to do it. Okay, I just have like a couple of more questions. Like the first one is just I'm really curious. How is it like living in Bombay? Like just how how do you think is it been from initially working in, you know, in a sort of a legal background and then now shifting to a completely different industry? How do you think your life has changed in that manner? I fell in love in Bombay. I fell in love with Bombay with my first internship and I've been in love with the city ever since. Uh, I don't think there ever was any other city for me in this country other than Bombay that I could relate with, that that I found the right pace in, uh, that had the number of... So, so I, have, I have very clear priorities in life. Uh, uh, good, vibrant, cultural life, a lot of shit happening and uh, the art industry uh, and specifically not even theater specifically movies and filmmaking people here love movies and there is no other city in this country that will show an obscure movie for as many weeks as Bombay theaters would and I love this city for that uh, the pace at which the city lives. I hate the humidity. I hate the hustle bustle. I hate the lack of space. But the things that I love about it are so so easily overweigh, you know, so easily outweigh the things I hate about it that I've been in love with it very, very clearly from day one. Uh, and I still just love it. I can't seem to get over it. It's just, Bombay is just amazing. As a matter of fact, you know, in my CV, I feel like uh, my career progression sort of, uh, I, I could r- draw parallels with how Bombay grew. And, you know, if you see one of the lines in my uh, in my CV, it's, it's basically, I feel that my switch in career from being a lawyer to being a visual artist happened about the same time when Bombay sort of got into trying to, be- trying to get back into its roots and was renamed from Bombay to Mumbai, right? Even though that is not something that I, you know, I'm a big supporter of. Like, I hate the fact that it's called Mumbai now and not Bombay. But the fact that uh, there was an attempt for the city to find its roots 
in an in a more original way and a little trace yourself a little you know little further than you know your your 50 years history uh i think it was an interesting thing and and you know i've been trying to do the same thing so yeah i love bombay man i i i have i i can't tell you how many lawyers and how many people from law school whom we recruited from uh, for panja 3 and how many people from around the uh, uh, around the country who came to work with us or who came in touch with me have i tried to convince of how what a wonderful city bombay is and you know it is like a it is like a difficult it is like this difficult parent uh who has rough edges when you when you are when you're with them but you know if you learn the ways around them it is the most rewarding parent ever it totally allow, i feel it totally applies to the city as well and i and i've tried to convince anybody i've met i've tried to convince them of how amazing bombay is and i still love it here i i really really love it and i could i could sit any day with anybody uh and talk endlessly about how amazing the city is and it's just just lovely i love this city okay and uh, so since you're so much into movies so like any time in future that you want to i mean just like so short to shoot one i mean make a film of your own or have you already done that have you made a short film i have uh, i have uh, started making short uh, uh, short videos and really really tiny sort of films for myself uh, i just recently started my youtube channel and uh, put up a couple of uh videos from a couple of trips together uh so they were entirely my projects personal projects uh, uh i i shot all of it and put it all together and sort of put music to it and i'm i'm not very good with the with new software like as much as i'd like to be i'm okay i get by i understand uh but i'm not just very quick with the uptake so it takes me a little longer and i have to work a little hard at it but uh, i think they turned out pretty okay and recently i did a formal project for one of my clients who it was a small assignment and they weren't very demanding about it but i thought i should give it my best and it turned out very very nice we applied a couple of techniques i had you know a great editor to work with and stuff like that and it just turned out great so yes uh, i would be very happy to actually move into filmmaking and start doing my own projects but i think a conventional bollywood movie is so far fetched a dream right now <laughs> I don't even know if that will ever happen but but I strongly feel that I if it happens organically it will happen and I will go for it and if it doesn't something else will happen but I'll definitely be doing something creative 10 20 years from now okay just one last question so what's the one thing you'd like others to remember about you like at the end of your life I'm a very selfish person here. So one thing I want the end of my at the end of my life is that I'm still surrounded by people that includes people I work for, people I work with, people I live with who love me. I've always surrounded myself with people who love me. And I and and very soon in life I realized that I that's my need. I need to be surrounded by people who like me, who love me, and that is enough for me. Everything else if it's average and it's okay will be fine. so if i if i talk about my legacy it, and i'm assuming that's what your question is right if i talk about my legacy i i guess it will be something that inspires people uh to hold the same values that i did and in my particular case it's always love for people unconditional love for people uh what the kind of love i find around me and people people people's love for me for whatever reason they they do if i if i can if i can create work that invokes same kind of emotion and it and if i can inspire people to to feel that way uh, feel the way i felt or feel the way you know others feel about me uh, if, if i can create work that invokes that i think it will be a good legacy for me well we'll leave it right there thanks a lot and it is amazing talking to you it was really nice thanks a lot for coming on the show Thanks yaar and best of luck. It was awesome talking to you obviously. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to my interview with Tanmay. It was really nice of him to agree and come on to the show. I must thank him for that. You can always write to us and tell us what you think about the show. Follow us on Facebook. 
subscribe to us on any of the platforms that you use to listen to podcast it will really help us if you share this episode and share the podcast stay tuned for more and more episodes thanks a lot for listening to curiosity